Things heat up fast today on Sailor Moon as a new, more relentless henchman of the Negaverse appears. And a fearsome girl warrior. Is she friend or foe? Is she after the rainbow crystals too? We'll be right back, so stick around! Moon Podcast Escalation! there my name is jordan d white my name is chris sims and this is sailor business the podcast where we watch every single episode of the classic 1992 sailor moon anime and break it down to talk about just why it is that we love this show so much and i am excited we have an exciting episode it is a big change for the cast uh we're gonna meet uh my uh, probably my favorite scout to be honest you lying liar look look i have talked before like i like them all (laughs) i liked amy the most in the episodes where it's just amy and and uh isagi and ray but like when sailor jupiter shows up it's pretty much like she is an instant fave for reasons that will become obvious in order to help us talk about that we have a very special guest today hopefully jordan will not call her a liar (laughs) Like he just did too. Well, hopefully she won't earn it. Uh, Laura Hudson is here. Laura, hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Now, Laura, you are a you are a former employer of mine. I am. Uh, so we've I had, am. we've had many conversations about Sailor Moon. But please, uh, can you tell us your history with Sailor Moon? Yeah. Well, I got into uh, Sailor Moon when a lot of people did. Uh, in the 90s when it was airing on television. And I remember, like, I used to wake up at, like, 6.30 in the morning to watch this show. Uh, and, you know, I, I kind of gotten into other anime. I'd seen Akira. I'd seen Ghost in the Shell and that sort of thing. But I got, I'm just going to say, really, really, really into Sailor Moon. I used to, I lived in uh, Rhode Island, and I used to make my mom drive me up to Boston because that was the closest place that you could get anime stuff because oh, anime wow. wasn't a thing yet. And we would go to Boston to, like, Harvard Square, and I would buy wall scrolls and all kinds of stuff. I, at one point, because I had, you know, kind of crappy high school French, I was, there were French manga and I would translate the French into English and post them online because there weren't manga translations yet. And, um, and I was, you know, I would, before sort of R and S and the rest of it came out, you know, I was, you know, sending and copying like uh, fan subs um, through, through the internet. Um, I was, I was very involved Let's say that. And uh, I liked Sailor Moon a lot. Uh, and I watched all of it. And, you know, but some of these episodes, you know, I hadn't seen since I, I think I watched them the first time. So it was kind of really fun to go back and watch them again. Yeah, I, I am a I, I had a Sailor Moon wall scroll for a very long time. I don't want to say what ages until, like from when to when, but it is uh, it is probably later than you think and much later than you think. I mean, I technically still have one up at my office. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody gave it to me. that when I went up there. Uh, yo, well, it's it was it's not super prominently displayed. Although I think uh, now it's not? a little bit more. Not, not because I'm embarrassed, but because other people were going like, "Don't do that," <laughs> and I was like, "Fine." <laughs> So I put it up a little, but no, I think actually it's more more prominent than it was when you were up there. It's of um, it's of uh, 
Usagi and uh, Mamoru and uh, and Chibi as a little family. It's just the one I had. Somebody gave it to me. I was like, all right, I'll put it up. <laughs> so, Laura, did, did you have a, a favorite scout? I think you told us who your favorite scout was before we started recording. And, uh, and we I, all got a little nervous. I did. Well, Ray was my favorite. Why is she your favorite? I mean, uh, justify I, yourself. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I think she's she's well. I I think she's very together. She's very. I mean, she's very passionate and kind of strong willed, which is you know something that I identify with. You know, as much as I think we all enjoy Usagi as a flawed character, and we can talk about this. Come sort of comes up this episode. Mm-hmm. There are moments when you know I like Ray would get frustrated with her. I mean, I'm someone who sits there and like yells at characters during fight scenes when they're fighting inefficiently. This is like true across the board in media <laughs> where I get really frustrated when people don't can I swear on this podcast oh, yeah. by the way Is that oh, okay yeah. I, I get really frustrated when people don't get shit done and Ray definitely gets shit done and I you know I, I and I like the fact that she's <laughs> she seems kind of more mature than the rest of them she is certainly that sort of you know spiritual aspect to it and and I I like the the dynamic that she has with Usagi which you know we see Makoto comment on in this episode where they have that kind of sort of angry you know sisterly love hate kind of thing going on but but yeah I, I liked her for a lot of reasons so that is one of my favorite things in this episode where uh, Makoto does just kind of cut through the bullshit <laughs> and tell them like hey you are exactly alike I'm imagining right now that when when you worked for Laura that was Laura, <laughs> Laura being Sailor Mars and you being Sailor Moon <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty accurate representation. I mean, it, it's all kind of making sense as you say that. <laughs> um, where I'm like, I love Usagi, but she frustrates me. But I love her. Um, I'm gonna go make Usagi see Marmaduke and write about it. Oh, Marmaduke. Um, but I, I do like that that you know, as we sort of see more of the scouts uh, coming in, that we get to. I mean, this this particular era, I, I enjoy a lot because. As each scout sort of joins the team, you can see sort of what they add mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and how they start to interact with each other in, in different configurations. And I, you know, I really kind of enjoy that. Uh, I think that's 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 really fun to see. Well, that's kind of the thing that I like about uh, Makoto so much that we see in this episode, which is that all the other scouts uh, and and look to be real here. My favorite my favorite sailor scout is whoever is in front of me at the moment that I'm watching. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> you. But like, I really I really love this first episode for Jupiter. Um, and and a lot of it is because when we see uh, uh, Amy and especially Ray. And, and well, I guess probably especially Amy too. Uh, they're very guarded. Um, you know, Amy's very shy. Amy doesn't have any friends. Uh, Ray is obviously you know growing up alone, living in a, a temple on top of a hill with her pervert grandpa. They're both very, very guarded. You know, they they don't let their they're very kind of suspicious of uh, Usagi, who is just kind of wide open, wanting yeah. friendship. You know, uh, was something that uh, Umino comments on in this episode. But Makoto is like from moment one, she is like all out on the table. Uh, she's very, she's very extroverted. She's very, uh, you know, big and, and present, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, in a way that I think is kind of the opposite of Amy. Yeah. Uh, Amy, Amy's very shy and like, you know, doesn't say anything to anyone and wears her dirty sweatshirt in crystal. Whereas Jupiter, like you can't miss her. So she kind of rolls with that. Like, like, you know, she's, she's supposed to be what five, six is like her official height. No. Is she really? 
Yeah, like her official height is listed at like five six. That's ridiculous. Remember, like, these, these girls are supposed to be fourteen, but she comes across as being six foot twenty. Well, but also, you know, Japanese people tend to be a little bit shorter. You're right. Like, it says six, five, six. That's insane. Yeah. And I mean, it's the thing is she, there's a scene in, it's in Crystal and in the manga and she towers over a teacher, uh, which I, I, I kind of love that. Like, I love that there's this, you know, Sailor Jupiter is, is so big and hard to miss, but not like a jerk about it. Oh my like, goodness. You know, well, okay. So this made me go, how tall could Sailor Moon be? 4'11". I mean, that makes well, sense. I want to, I want to be like, I'm, I'm five foot two. And when I lived in Japan, it was like the first time in my life I felt like I was like average height, like normal wow. to maybe like slightly a little bit taller than a lot of other women. Okay. So I, I do think there's like a relative quality where I, I think, a, you know, because I, I remember students of mine who were like male students who were, were five, nine in Japan and people were like, yeah, like he's tall. <laughs> I mean, I'm not to say that nobody in Japan is like six foot tall, but like, I think there's more of a, there's more of a relative quality there. So that that is a little more impressive than it sounds to us for a woman to be five to six. There's a line in uh, Dave Barry's book uh, where he goes to Japan and writes about going to Japan, uh, where he talks about how he just wanted to carry around a basketball uh, (laughs) uh, while walking through Japan and and like, and find a pickup game and insist that his name was Dr. Badass. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's something that we uh, we didn't mention, Laura. You you did uh, you have been to Japan. You lived in Japan for a short time, right? I lived there for a little over a year. Oh, well, that's yeah, that's I was... a long time. That's much longer than I thought. Yeah, it's funny because you know not to get too much into my whole life story, but you know I I'd been really really into anime when I was younger, and I'd always had this kind of fascination, and I'd learned a little bit of Japanese through you know studying it myself, so I could understand anime better. And you know then uh, when I got out of uh, college, I was contemplating my future, and I decided that I really wanted to go to Japan and I did and I taught English there to students that kind of ranged from junior high school like all the way up to elderly students and it was really incredible you know you really get to it was funny because once I got there I, it wasn't about anime at all you know like because that's it's a whole culture it's not about anime right you know it and it became a, actually a very very small part of my life compared to to the rest of the the experience but it definitely gave me, you know, a lot more perspective on the culture. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Before we move into the episode, I should say I I dropped the ball. Everybody, uh, I'm gonna act sorry. Oh, sorry, everybody. Uh, I know that we promised you Motoki's Game Corner. Oh, right. in, in this episode of uh, of Sailor Business, I have not had a chance to play uh, the Super NES RPG yet. I also wasn't uh, able to get the CD-ROM game to work on my computer yet either. I, I don't because know it's, it's too super old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It the the, the game is old. The computer is yes. brand new. Yeah, that that is the problem. Now, someone told you that you could uh, set up a like a virtual machine. I have no idea how to do that. (laughs) Now I, I have heard of doing this. I have never done it. I do not know what is involved, but as far as I know, it is not too terribly difficult. So it might be something that you can do. It might be something that you don't do at all. Okay. I'll look into Uh, it. We'll see what happens. Surely you can, surely you can find an old computer running windows 98 somewhere. Of course. Just, they just sit around. I think, I think this might actually be on windows 95, this game. (laughs) I think you can still run it on Windows 95 or Windows 98. <laughs> I feel like everything up to XP use the same uh, Windows. This is very interesting. <laughs> it's a very interesting topic for the show. Folks, if you know Amy would be interested. Amy would be interested. If you know when the uh, when the uh, architecture of Windows shifted to uh, let us know, let us know at Ad Sailor Business. But for now, we say we go ahead and right watch. say we go ahead and watch this episode. Sure, sure, please. Uh, all right. Well, we are watching. Uh, if anyone would like to watch along, this is uh, number twenty-five. 
correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is called Jupiter, the Powerful Girl in Love. Uh, I assume that is not the the title of the American version. Jupiter comes thundering in. That is a good title. That yeah. is a good title. Yeah, that's. A uh, and I should say, uh, we obviously watched the the new dub, the the new subs that are on Hulu. Uh, I watched the new dub. I did pick up Volume Two on nice. Blu-ray. I will say, I'm uh, I meant to say this earlier. I am a little disappointed in the Blu-rays. Wow, they do not that great. Huh. Uh, they basically just look exactly like the DVDs. That's a bummer. Uh, yeah, but the the but the Blu-ray set has more extras, like which is a real like it's it's a real it's really annoying because hmm. the Blu-rays don't actually look that good. I watched on Hulu as as always, and I will say the uh, I, I don't I, the the Hulu uh, episode the audio was really terrible. Uh, something was wrong with the music. Whenever music would play, it was like the 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 reverb was like doubled. And I watched two episodes in a row, and the next episode was fine. But for some reason, the, yeah, this episode sounded terrible on Hulu. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's me or or Hulu. Nothing but. Comp- I also yeah, I also watched it on Hulu, and I didn't really have any uh, significant problems. But who knows? Now, also, uh, this is an episode that is drawn from the manga, so I do have my copy of Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Volume One sitting right here. And I also watched the Crystal episode, uh, which is uh, actually really good. It's one of the the better Crystal episodes that I've seen. So we will talk about those as we go on. For now, uh, if you're just joining us. (laughs) Yes. If you're just joining us, our heroine is uh, Usagi Tsukino. She's 14 years old. She's (laughs) 4'11". Yes. Uh, She's a Cancer, Blood Type O, Birthstone, Pearl. She is also secretly Sailor Moon, the pretty soldier who fights for love and justice. And she is not the only one. She also has two... Two allies, not counting the cat who was also a people. Uh, <laughs> she has Reihino, the hot-headed psychic, and Amy Mizuno, the kind-hearted girl genius. They are Sailor Mars and Mercury, respectively. But since there is a Sailor Moon, a Sailor Mercury, and a Sailor Mars, you might expect that there are probably other Sailor Scouts out there named after other planets. And that is what we will get to today. Uh, we open in the Dark Kingdom, where uh, everybody is is pretty fine. <laughs> With the death of Nephrite. Yeah, nobody really cares. Oh, man. Yeah, it is It is not really... It, it'll be covered a lot next week, but in this episode, it's, like, not even mentioned. Uh, instead, we see Beryl, and this is one of the, the first big uh, indications that Beryl is not actually the one in charge. Well, yeah, because uh, we see her supplicating herself before someone. <laughs> That was a shocker for me I, when I first saw it. I was like, oh, I, I thought she was the, the top of the, the heap. Okay, let me, does anybody actually enjoy the scenes in the Dark Kingdom? Because oh, I'm it. always, really, I'm always just like, oh, God. And just waiting for them to go back to the Sarah Scouts. No, I mean, I can, I really I can completely understand that. But I love them in a weird way where I, like, that we have talked about on the show before, where I'm trying to figure out how the Dark Kingdom's business plan works. Yeah, we've, we've got... Uh, like, I want to know the infrastructure of the Dark Kingdom. On this po- podcast, okay, we've that's interesting. Really into the office politics of the Dark Kingdom, and like who reports to who, and who files with what, and yeah, because we always see like this is the first time we've seen Queen Beryl not in her throne. Yeah, by the way, in in twenty five episodes, we, we see her actually like you know she has gotten up and, and walked over to spoiler warning to Queen Metallia, uh, and like normally we just see her in a room just with monsters <laughs> just hanging out and i like if they have that many monsters why don't they send that many monsters no. out one at a time like, you know you know the the rules one at I a did. time in all television shows 
Yeah, but it's not like, you know, like if you watch Power Rangers, like they're making those monsters every week. Like they have to actually go, all right, time to build a new monster to go fight the Power Rangers with with Queen Beryl. Like there's a hundred of them (laughs) just sitting there like hanging out. Well, not in this episode. In this episode, she has to ask advice of her master because in this, this represents a a shift of the focus of their goals. Uh, Up till now, they've been trying to get energy. And in this and in this opening scene, Queen Beryl goes, "Oh, here's the energy. We got enough energy. Here it is. Have it." And uh, her thank master, God. Yeah, done, done. Wake like, logically, up. logically, that is all Molly energy. <laughs> yeah, sure. That is all Molly energy. Well, again, Molly, Molly topped it off. There's plenty of energy from Americans and Australians and you know people from Europe that didn't have defenders to stop uh, them, right? So. <laughs> So she gives the energy to her master and goes, wake up. And and uh, the word comes out, no, I, I, I'm awake right now, but sometimes I'm still very tired. <laughs> Can you get me a silver crystal of some sort? Now, Jordan, <laughs> you bring up an interesting point yes. uh, because we know that uh, the four kings of heaven mm-hmm. uh, were assigned to different parts of the world. Yep. Like the uh, Jedi was the Far East commander. Uh, he was the one in charge of Japan. Well, I think we Asia. know that from the manga, right? It is mentioned in the manga, but I'm pretty sure they say it in the anime. At some point. I, I, the reason I don't think that's the case in the anime, I think in the anime they're given different tasks. Because remember, we that's, had the whole thing true. of, yeah, Nephilite was doing energy, although Jedi was doing energy as well before. And Zoisite was looking for the crystal and just failing miserably off screen. But like, it makes me wonder, like when Nephrite had to come to Japan, like do, do, do all the monster crimes in Europe stop like, unexpectedly? <laughs> that's a good question. Like everyone's like, man, it was a weird six months there, guys. <laughs> We had we had people going into comas by the dozens and just <laughs> monsters everywhere. Because we know that we know that Sailor V was in England, or maybe it, well, see that's the thing. We we don't. The reason we have a million plans in Japan is because they keep losing. Maybe the first plan worked in Europe, and they were just like, "Oh, good." Like they just did. They did the jewelry scam, and they went, "Cool." There's a bunch of people wearing jewelry. They're giving us energy. Done. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, Queen Metallia wants the, quote, legendary silver crystal. Always in quotes, everybody. Always in quotes. And that is what Zoocyte is in charge of at this point. Uh, and Queen Beryl is stoked about it. She is happy. Like, we see her smiling, and it's kind of adorable because she has those little kitty cat fangs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's even weirder in the dub. Uh, th- now, let me just mention, the original dub, this is another one of these episodes from the original dub where they just didn't follow the script. They just kind of went, eh, it's like basically the same, but let's just have them say whatever. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't even result in anything super fun and interesting. It was It's not that well written of an episode in the American version. But yeah, this opening scene with Queen Beryl, it's super funny, especially because she keeps having that happy, open-mouthed smile, and they feel the need, if your mouth is open, let's put some sound in there. And so she's doing a lot of like, ah, ah, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, so yeah, that is that is the announcement that the that the show is changing. Yes. <laughs> no, that is the answer. Hey, we're not doing energy anymore. Uh, but don't worry, it's basically going to be the exact same thing. So from there, oh boy, here we go. This this episode's about to get good. Yeah. Uh, we get Usagi. She is late for school. No toast, but uh, Luna has her lunch uh, in her mouth. <laughs> Luna carrying the lunch bag is the best. Luna's carrying the lunch bag. Usagi charges around a corner and runs face first into some hoodlums. Now, what, what, I, what, I, what I liked about these guys, too, is that they, based on the art style, they seem to be from a completely different anime. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's like they showed up from Dragon Ball Z or something. <laughs> and 
I don't know if you guys have been watching Better Call Saul, but Im- immediately we went, they're pulling a slipping Jimmy on her. And I don't have a clue why. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, well, they're I shaking too, her like, down. Was, was this like a common, you know, con in Japan at the time where you like run into people and pretend to break your leg? Like, and why would you do it to a 14 year old girl? Exactly. She's going to give you $2, like maximum. At what? Her lunch. <laughs> right. I mean, look, look, I don't want to get dark here. I don't think they're after money. Whoa. Oh, man. What? Yeah. Are you serious? You broke broke yeah. our friend's leg by running into him now given to our deep sexual desires that's yeah, ridiculous I, I think that is exactly what is going on uh, all right. wow because I think that I think that you know is justifies what happens next which is awesome <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, and, and this has to be—I I mean, this has to be at least a slightly common con because uh, our new friend knows exactly what is going on from moment one. So while the these pompadoured thugs are hassling Usagi, all of a sudden someone steps into frame and just tells them to stop it, and they turn around and oh oh boy, we meet Makoto, <laughs> six foot twenty, super buff, wearing her awesome rose earrings, which I love. Wearing her rose earrings, which which Usagi loves too. Yeah, they get they get uh, special attention this episode. Episode. Every episode, and, and she uh, she has her arms crossed. She tells them to stop uh, trying to con a girl because they're they're low. <laughs> And uh, this guy says, we don't let people talk to us like that, even if it's a girl, and goes to touch her, and she judo throws his ass to the ground, Mm -hmm. dodges a punch, kicks a dude in the gut, Muay Thai style, (laughs) and then the third one is just too scared to do anything, so he runs away. I, I, okay, the idea that this would be both a common thing and a way to try to achieve sexual favors is really freaking me out. How is that supposed to work? You've heard- Do they leave the guy with the broken leg on the ground? and like take the girl or do they help him like hobble away to also have sexual favors like yeah, this is terrible. all really dark but i'm just look, wondering about the logistics look you trade off oh my God. <laughs> you trade off oh, whoever God. gets the broken leg gets to be the gets to be the aggressive guy next time but as, but as we've seen his leg is not actually broken right. it's all a lie yeah so, like well like also, I, think it is, I also think it's a con of opportunity i mean they're not just <laughs> waiting around they're not just standing three abreast around the corner waiting for somebody to run into them <laughs> well also you know as as he was mentioning, you know, in, in Better Call Saul, there's a con where, you know, someone hits, you know, these guys with a car right. and then they appear to be hurt. Usagi is not a car. No, she's like, just a tiny girl. She's, yeah, as, she's, she's a tiny girl. <laughs> she's 4'11 and, and 63 pounds. So. Yeah, it doesn't, it does not make any sense. I mean, you, you don't, yeah. at that point, why bother having her run into you, basically, is the is kind of the point. Just walk up to her and go, we're three thugs and we're going to do whatever we want. You know, I, why, why bother I, with the justification of the, the assault? I don't, I don't think it was premeditated, is the thing. <laughs> okay, I think they, okay. I think these are dudes <laughs> who, based on their, uh, their design as stereotypical Japanese hoodlums, with their pompadours and baggy pants and yeah, like Street Fighter extras and stuff. rock and roll music. <laughs> okay, uh, I think they're just walking around going, "Hey, uh, what crimes are we going to do today, guys?" <laughs> yeah, they're going to do crime. Yeah, I love crime and drugs and <laughs> alcohol. And then Usagi just you know bops around the corner and runs into one, and they like, and he goes, "Oh no, she broke my leg, guys! Back me up! It's it's our con that we're doing today." <laughs> well, and and then after. After Jupiter kicks their asses, like, you know, Ustagi's all like, oh, sticky, like, so cool. And, but I love that, like, I love how impressed Luna is too, because she gets kind of the shimmery eye thing yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like so impressed by someone that you look like you're going to cry. But then later on, Luna seems to, you know, be, she seems to have concerns where it's like even the violence 
that Makoto used to defend Usagi seems to condemn her a little bit in Luna's eyes. Well, I feel like Luna is probably going like, oh, God, she's got Nephrite's evil crest on her. Oh, that's <laughs> like, a good point. You know, because the only kind of feats of strength that we've really seen before, like of this uh, of this level, have been from people like uh, uh, the tennis girl. What, what's her name? Uh, uh, Ayumi, oh, yeah. I think. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, Naru's sister that she never talks about. <laughs> Luna is regularly wrong about the Sailor Scouts, like pretty much every time, right? Like every time a Sailor Scout appears, she's like, mm, I don't know about this. Oh, they're, they're a good guy. Never mind. Well, yeah, but also to be completely fair to Luna, uh, there are five Sailor Scouts that she knows of and there's like 50 monsters. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, all right. it is it is much more likely that they're going to run into monsters than to run into the other allies. Uh, now, I should say this scene is is completely different uh, in the manga and therefore completely different in Crystal as well. In her uh, original appearance in the manga, Makoto saves uh, Usagi from being hit by a car because uh, Usagi is distracted and just wanders into traffic. <laughs> See, okay, before you go on, I, I'm, I, what I want that to mean is she shows off her strength just as well by like smashing a car with her hands. I'm assuming that's not the case. I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> she like... Poof. No, no. Yeah, I, I wish we got a full-on action <laughs> comics number one out yeah, of this. Sure, sure, sure. Oh man. Uh, but no. I would love to see that fan art, by the way. Yep. Oh that's, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's that's everybody. is Superman. Everybody's <laughs> homework for this week is uh, draw Jupiter. action comics number one with Sailor Jupiter lifting a car, smashing it into a rock for no reason, <laughs> like and, Superman and does. Usagi is clearly that dude down at the bottom corner who is losing his shit. <laughs> my, my favorite character in comic history. Oh. Uh, but yeah, like, which I, I much, much prefer this version, uh, e- even though I am like generally opposed to scenes of creepy dudes uh, threatening violence against young girls. In uh, this case, you'll make an exception. Yeah, because, well, A, because it's not based on Usagi being so dumb that she walks into traffic. <laughs> That's true too, yeah. Like I, I like I like Usagi being kind of distracted and, and a little ditzy. Like that's fine, but like to the point where she is in mortal peril about it, uh, I think is a little uh, I think that's a little weird. Um it's it's a much more action packed in this, it's much more dynamic in this, and I uh, I, I just really appreciate that it, it makes Usagi or it makes a uh, Jupiter Mino Makoto seem more like a uh, guardian. Because that's the that's the Sailor Scout's jobs, right? Like they they protect the they protect princess serenity uh it makes her seem more like a bodyguard sure than just kind of happening to be there and usagi not getting hit by a car and dying in the dark kingdom winning because she walked into traffic it's very close i don't know uh laura do you have a do you have any opinion on the different versions of the of the makoto scene i don't know i mean i'm kind of a spacey person and run into things a lot and I almost get hit by things a lot. So I don't know. I, I, I see that as a not unrealistic representation of the dangers that might be faced by a young woman who does not pay attention to things who I've been. Well, obviously That's, you need a, you need a six foot uh, protector. I mean, I would have loved like, man, cause I think that's a different question too. Like then who's your favorite, you know, sailor scout or whatever is like, who would you want to, who would you have wanted to be friends with in junior high? And I think that sailor Jupiter would have been like super fun to be friends with. Like in terms of sheer fun, like I love Amy, I love Ray, but I feel like sailor Jupiter would have been the most fun. Well, yeah. Amy and Ray aren't fun. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> like, no. Amy is just not fun. 
fun at all. And and Ray is is you know really introverted, so she doesn't want to hang out. She, well, Ray, I have temple duties. Ray would do fun stuff, but only if it like if she's the center of it. Yeah, I mean, Ray Ray's the one who you know pretends that uh, going to the animation studio is for kids, but right. then she takes a bunch of autographs. Right. Takes a bunch of cards for autographs. But like, but you're right. Like uh, Makoto, she she. I mean, we don't even learn everything about her in this episode, but like, it's like they just keep adding more fun stuff about her. She's like a great cook and she has all this and then she does this and that. Like she, she is, she's a really interesting mix too of tough, uh, you know, kind of tomboyish things. And then also really girly things at the same time, which is really fun and interesting. And as a character. Yeah. And I mean, I obviously, you know, I, I didn't grow up feeling this way, but I know like I, I've seen a bunch of uh, of women that I know talk about how Sailor Jupiter was very important for them because she is like, you know, yeah, you can you can be big and tall and strong. You know, you can be you can be taller than everyone else and stronger than everyone else, but you can still be, you know, quote unquote girly. You can still like to cook. You can still be, you know, pretty and glamorous and 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 fall in love. Uh, yeah. And I think she's a really important character because of that, because she is kind of more well-rounded. You know, she she's not just the sporty one. Uh, well, and 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 I think you also sort of see, like, I mean, we'll get into this in a second with this, you know, douchey guy who <laughs> does not treat does not treat her right. Where you know, I I feel like as as a viewer, you know, I was you know as a young girl, I'm like looking at number one, like how awesome she is, you know, and then this guy being like, oh, I'm like not into you because you're like big or whatever, non you know, non traditionally feminine, even though that's not what he says. And you know, you kind of look at that and you're like, wow, like he sucks. Yeah. You know, like he's totally not worth it. And she's the awesome one. And and looking at other characters and having those realizations, I think can, you know, help you have realizations about yourself, you know, because it's easier to externalize that to be like, look at that, like totally awesome lady. Like it's so dumb. Like that guy is super stupid for not appreciating how great she is. It's much easier to do that than to have that realization about yourself. Right. Yeah. Although we, we should also, of course, state that, uh, of course, Sailor Jupiter is also tall and beautiful and <laughs> And thin, as everyone else is in the in the show. Well, they're all variations on a certain you know character model. Yeah, uh, um, I also really like her hair because she has she has more hair than more hair than Nephrite, not quite as much as Usagi. And the two tendrils that she has coming down in front are really great too. I like that. She's a really awesome design. Uh, so it's back to the Dark Kingdom where uh, Beryl is going to further explain what we're doing for the next few weeks. Yes. It turns out that in addition to the regular monsters that we've seen, uh, which have been pretty fearsome, I would say, there's also seven great monsters, uh, but they're so powerful that they have been sealed oh, away wow. for all this time. The enemies of the Dark Kingdom, you know, Princess Serenity, uh, Endymion, the scouts, all them, uh, sealed the monsters away inside humans. And I'm not quite sure how this works. Okay, it, it, it's sort of like, okay. It, it, yeah, the why of the human part is the part that makes the least sense. They definitely say they used the silver, the legendary silver crystal to trap these monsters, and the crystal split into the seven pieces, which sort of, you know, makes sense, whatever. It's, right, it split the into the seven crystals. rainbow crystals, exactly. And inside of each of the rainbow crystals is the monster contained. Why those then got thrown to Earth and showed up inside of people, they don't say. 
there's two episodes in a row where they tell this story and it doesn't really get any clearer. They almost use the exact same words, both episodes. And it just kind of goes, yeah, they got thrown to earth. Don't worry about it. Now they're inside of people. So those people are going to be monsters. The end. Like, don't, don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> no, no questions. Well, the, the thing is though, I don't get if it's like a situation like, uh, like Usagi and presumably, you know, Makoto and Amy and Ray right. and, and, and Minako where, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Tsukino had a baby. <laughs> like, they, you know, Mrs. Tsukino got pregnant and had a baby, and that baby was Usagi Tsukino. But the soul of that baby is from the moon, is a moon person. Right. Yeah. Uh, Usagi's mom is not Queen Serenity reborn. Yeah. Yeah. Like she has her, there's a weird part in that, uh, the Tia Brausch video, which again, I genuinely and unironically love, uh, where she gets, it gets to a point where she's explaining the episode where it's kind of revealed what happened on the moon. Right. And she keeps referring to Queen Serenity as my lunar mother. <laughs> like, nice. Consistently, which is such a weird phrase, but it's like the only way to describe it because it's not like, you know, she like Queen Serenity is her mother, but also, you know, purple haired Mrs. Tsukino is also her mother. Like her, her they're both, they're both her biological mother. Yeah. But like a, pur- a purple haired lady and a blue haired dude can't have a blonde haired girl. That just doesn't work. Uh, it's called a Punnett square. Jordan, look it up. <laughs> Uh, so, anyway, yeah. so, 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 I don't so does it have these... to do with that? It's probably connected to that. I, I don't remember th- when we get to that episode where we see, <clears throat> I mean, will we see, does it say why they all go to earth to be reborn? Maybe it's connected then. Maybe for some reason the crystals well, they, went at that time as well. They say that the, the, they say that the great monsters were sealed away. Presumably they say the enemy. So presumably Queen Serenity. Right. Uh, but I just don't understand like, you know, the, the people that we're going to see the crane game troll and, and the priest in the next episode, like, are they people? People with like, if they get an MRI, does a crystal show up? <laughs> like, <laughs> Good question. If if Nephrite goes into their room at night and strips them naked, oh, like he, he did with Naru, yes, he sees it. He sees it. He would see the crystal. That's the same. Well, he's they're using the same crystal that Nephrite made. Right. Green Barrel has modified it to search instead of searching for the the silver crystal to search for rainbow crystals. Also. Also, it seems like Queen Beryl knows that the silver crystal got split into seven fragments long before <laughs> long before she tells anyone. So why is everyone looking for a silver crystal when they should be looking for seven rainbow crystals? I, I don't know. It, you might you might say she doesn't find that out until I think because I think in the opening scene, her, you know, her her master tells her once you get the seven, cr- seven rainbow crystals, <laughs> that's when you'll get the. Oh, you haven't been looking for the silver crystal, have you? Oh, Beryl. No, <laughs> no, 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 sweetheart. So, yeah. Uh, the uh, and all, so but, many crystals, but I do want to the point out also this, this this story this story of the uh, of the the, the seven uh, monsters getting trapped. This is uh, this is a very familiar scene if you watch the dub because this is the animation they use for the opening of the theme song for no reason whatsoever. It, it, every episode of uh, of the American dub starts with this images of the the monsters getting trapped and sent back to Earth, which again makes it seem like oh this is like a real big part of the, the mythology of it. And it's like no, this is just a thing that's going to happen for like seven episodes somewhere down the line yeah <laughs> yeah but, you know this is the thing it just looks cool uh, so uh queen barrel has the dark crystal that nephrite made uh she has modified it it pops out of her crystal ball which i think is hilarious uh and she gives it to zoocyte kunzite is just kind of hanging out there i don't know why he was summoned to this meeting other than that he's the only one left do we know what his job is i don't even know what his job is i think he's i, I mean i'm pretty sure he has the same job as zoocyte because i think they are ostensibly meant to be teaming up uh or maybe <laughs> I just think that's because they are, they are, you know, teaming up. They are romantically involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, So from there, 
they, they and and also there's a lot of stuff they have that Nephrite didn't. Like Nephrite had to appeal to the stars themselves to find his next target. They just go, "Hey, who's got the crystal? Oh, he's got it. Cool, let's go." <laughs> yeah, they have it way easier. You're right, but Nephrite. Uh, exactly. Again, it's because Nephrite Nephrite wouldn't talk to anybody. If he at any time he had checked in, Sarah, uh, she probably would have been like, "Here, have a bunch of help and information," and he would have been like, "Oh, I feel stupid now." He wouldn't return their calls. Remember? Yeah, you know, he just wanted to live in that mansion and drive that Ferrari. What happened to Nephrite's car? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't have a next of kin like that all that stuff all got auctioned off uh, by the state you don't think it went to molly you don't think molly's no. got a ferrari no. Laura's got a ferrari in the garage outside the jewelry store OCP. oh yeah her, her mom would be totally cool with that <laughs> look naru's mom is very permissive and if 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 i was naru and i was like yo uh this is my new ferrari and my mom was like uh what the hell naru you can't have a ferrari you're 14 i'd be like yeah well you turned into a monster and tried to kill me so <laughs> she was tied up in the basement uh so yeah i guess i win every argument now because <sighs> you were a monster okay so back at school uh it's lunchtime uh isagi's favorite time of day she sings a song the most about adorable lunch. song wonderful do you remember how it goes uh, I, I just know that they, uh, they, I think they, they do a literal translation for it. So in the, the dub that I watched, the new dub, she is just singing lunchtime, lunchtime. Can you hear something growling? <laughs> Which is a bad song, but a, a highly adorable one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she sees the girl with the rose earring. Now, we have talked, uh, particularly when Mars showed up, about how great it is that uh, Usagi's reaction to meeting her new friends is inevitably to have a crush on them. True. Uh, like, so she starts straight up creeping on uh, Makoto, which is great, uh, because then creep number one, uh, Umino, shows up and has all the information that Usagi needs. Uh, we he find has out like her a na- report on her. Yeah, it's weird. She just transferred in. Uh, her name is Makoto Kino, uh, and she was kicked out of her previous school for fighting. <laughs> I love Makoto so much. Well, and we also learned that she is a really good cook. Another part of her personality because um, Usagi sits herself down and like pretty much helps herself to Makoto's lunch mm-hmm. and is like, your mom's a great cook. And she's like, no, I'm a great cook. Cause I made it. And then Usagi tries to get her to cook food for her. And she at the end, she's like, you can cook it for me. Just kidding. But she's not kidding. No, she's not kidding at all. <laughs> she's not kidding at all. They're, uh, they're, they're eating uh, rice balls in the, in the dub. They call them uh, chocolate chip muffins they do kind of uh, look like chocolate chip uh, muffins a little bit <laughs> a little bit that's so american though to be like instead of eating a healthy rice lunch let's just <laughs> eat like i don't know just dessert like let's just eat chocolate chip muffins that's what we'll do right they, the, they the do idea them. that she would bake herself a <laughs> like a pile of muffins to bring to school for lunch <laughs> is ridiculous they do that in uh, in Pokemon when they're having the uh, the triangular rice balls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because those don't look at all like donuts and like, oh, these donuts are great. And they they talk about them being donuts so much <laughs> that it has to be a thing where like everyone involved is like, oh, yeah, it's a thing in, in anime where if it's food, it's a donut. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but yeah, like we see, uh, Makoto is uh, her her lunch bag is really cute, uh, as Yusagi says. Makoto's also really friendly, uh, which I like because you yeah. know her first reaction is to the first thing we see her do is just like beating ass. <laughs> 
And then the second thing we do is see her eating lunch with a cute little lunch bag and going, oh, hey, sit down, have some food. Do you want to talk? Do you want to be friends? Do you want to be best friends? Yeah, she's being shunned well, by we, everybody uh, because they all believe these rumors about her that she's scary. Well, I also love that we see, you know, I, I feel like usually you see, like openness kinds of runs up against the wall of, of Ami's shyness or Ray's sort of general approach avoidance kind of thing. But like here, like she's totally open and, and Makoto is totally open back. It's just a totally one-one exchange of openness and friendliness, and it's kind of great to see, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I if I said it well earlier, but this is the exact example of what I was talking about, where Makoto's, like, just all out there physically, but also kind of all out there emotionally, too, which is really, I really like. And we're going to get some of that in the next episode as well, or uh, in the next scene as well, when they go to uh, the Crown Game Center uh, after school, and we find out that Makoto, uh, in addition to loving pro wrestling and cooking, and uh, fighting is also super good at video games. Oh, Al, is she? She's into video games. I don't know that well, she's, she's good at them because we mostly see things of her getting angry at them and yelling at them. Uh, well, I believe in the manga she knows how to do a special combo. Oh, that, uh, okay. Right. Doesn't, or well, and, I, and I think that her enthusiasm for video games is more important than her specific level of expertise. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, listen, I wasn't criticizing. I think it's great. I think it's really fun that she loves playing video games and gets... And, uh, why do you, why I, that's do you think, very realistic. Uh, Makoto's a fake geek girl, Jordan. No, no, no. What, I'm not calling her fake. Her? I'm saying she's so she's so real and into it because that is what you do. You play video games and you swear at them and you yell at them and you punch them because they are difficult. <laughs> she asks who Motoki is and uh, Isagi gets a really cute scene where she gets all sparkly for a second and she's like... Oh, Motoki. Because she, she's like, oh, is Motoki your older brother? And she's like, oh, no, no, Motoki is. And she's about to, like, you know, say something. And then she turns around and <laughs> Makoto's already gotten bored by Yusagi trying to explain Motoko or uh, Motoki. So, so this is where she meets the other scouts. Uh, Ray and, and Amy show up with Luna. Um, I believe they say because Luna is concerned. Again, Luna is like going, oh, Yusagi's hanging out with that new girl. I have a weird feeling about her. So they show up to be like, what are you doing with that girl? Uh, and Yusaki's just like, no, she's great. Check her out. Introduces them. They all have a nice time. And that's when we get that great scene of uh, Ray and Yusagi yelling at each other over who's the bigger jerk in their friendship. Yeah, well, because Yusagi is like, oh, hey, this is uh, Amy. She's uh, uh, a super genius. She's really great. She's a good friend of mine. And this is Ray. She's the mean one. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is, 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 is both Usagi and Ray play their part in this little rivalry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like Ray is just the mean one. No, Ray is the mean one. Ray is the mean one. Completely. They're both confrontational. Everybody, everybody plays a part in this little rivalry. I mean, that, that's why this scene is great, because you get to see them both just poking at each other until they both are screaming. Yeah. Uh, well, and you and you and you see finally somebody recognize, you know, openly that it's actually based on a, a sort of intimacy. It's kind of like the the girl on girl version of like when the guy pulls the girl's pigtails, and finally someone's like, "Yeah, it's because you love her." Um, yeah. And it's kind of nice to see to see Makoto say that. I don't know. I like it. it I feel like it kind of solidifies something. And then uh, uh, Serena or uh, uh, Yusagi introduced her to Luna, saying, "This is <laughs> this is Luna. She stays at my house." Which yeah, I thought was so weird. Because <laughs> why, why would you not say, oh, this is my cat? <laughs> nope. Because she doesn't own her. She doesn't yeah. own her. She's no, a look, person. Look, I know that. And you know that. <laughs> and Yusagi knows that. But Yusagi is... Tr- like, Yusagi can't say, oh, by the way, this is an autonomous sentient being. <laughs> 
uh, who uh, lives at my house. Like, no, the way that you would put that if you want to keep your secret identity is just to go like, oh, yeah, it's my cat. Is there a way? I mean, maybe it's more more natural in Japanese. Is Would there be a way in English to talk about having a cat that would not imply that type of ownership? Uh, I don't I don't know. No, You've we, got a cat, own, Laura. How do you say it? How do you say cats. it when you introduce your cat to people? I, 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 well, I'm, I, I just say, well, I'm, I just, yeah, I guess I just say this is, this is my cat. Right. Although last night my roommate and I were talking about it and she has a cat that she really loves too. And I was joking about how, you know, she owns the cat. She said, really, you know, we belong to each other. Right. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. This is the cat but, but I do like, everything for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it's like a little intense to say that when you like first meet someone. <laughs> the cat that I live with, we belong to each other. I don't think that would come off very well. This is my yakety yak cat from outer space. That is what she's teaching. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, now yeah. uh, we should also say that uh, there, there's a great bit in this uh, where Isagi and Ray are yelling at each other, where Ray demands to know uh, the exact date down to the second of when she was ever mean to Isagi. Yes, that is something she says. Which is literally all the time. <laughs> literally every day. That is a pretty funny uh, screenshot. You just posted on Twitter, I see. It's very great. It's, it's and, and his response is, you're being mean right now. This is what being mean is. You are shouting in my face. Uh, I love that. The shot of them sticking so then, their tongues out at each other is pretty great as well. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a classic Sailor Moon shot. So then we are introduced to the, the crane game troll. So, uh, ah, yes. Why would do, we, they... do, we, do we ever hear his name, or is it always is it always that pseudonym? I think it's it just jo- Joe. Joe. What's his What's his Japanese name? His Japanese name is not Joe. I thought they called him Joe in the Japanese one as well. No, do they? Uh, uh, yeah, he's called maybe. Joe the Crane Game Troll in the in the subtitles. Oh no, I just meant his actual like if they gave him a name. Yeah, Joe. Like, name a Japanese. <laughs> That's not a name that a Japanese person. Has. Joe. But anyway, we can move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, they, but the, to me, the part that's funny is the troll part. Like, why do they call him a troll? I want you guys. So did you guys? So I, I have a, a larger thesis on this that I'll expand on later. Okay. <laughs> but at first, I was like, did they bring me on for this episode because it's about Gamergate? What? <laughs> no. no. No, we, we didn't did make that analysis. Is that what's happening here? I mean, I'm gonna. I have a whole. Th- when we get to the fight later, I'm gonna expand on my thesis. But yes. Okay. Or you know, like I mean, it's about a young man that everyone refers to as a game troll. Who thinks he's the very best at video games, a sense of superiority, which is mostly based on an unfair advantage. Yes. He's super hostile to girls at every opportunity. When yeah. Makoto asks him for game tips, he says she'd never be able to do what he does and is super dismissive. And then when he gets threatened, he becomes super defensive, turns into an actual video game monster and attacks women. Wow. That's amazing. This is a, it's a psychic uh, prediction uh, via this uh, video, uh, this episode. Well, you know, the, I posted so, a, uh, I posted a, uh, a thing months ago like a, a year ago when i was reading codename sailor v where there is a there's also a gamer dude uh who gets really mad at uh sailor v and insists that she has to be a man because she beats him at a video game and <laughs> she ends up she ends up transforming and kicking him and artemis is like oh shit he's not a monster you just killed that guy <laughs> wait did she actually kill him he did she literally kill him dead, but he is like severely injured because she superhero <laughs> kicks him wait is this in the manga yeah it's in, it's in code name Sailor Oh man, that's great. Yeah, I posted I it a that. long, long time ago. On, <laughs> that is pretty on funny. Now, a couple things about this scene, though, before we move on. Uh, there is a uh, there is a Sailor V plush doll that he yes. gets out of the Korean game. There's also a Sailor Mercury yes, plush doll. Again. And again. Which I, want, 
Oh, go ahead. Who is licensing these? Right. I was wondering that. Not like who is making money off of these? Right. And why does this not upset them? Like someone is is profiting hugely after. Like I mean, and this is pretty recent. Like they've got to be really like on the ball. This is another to, one of those. I've already like between episodes, they do a thing. They they have an episode uh, between the episodes where they transform and they go consult the lawyer, and the lawyer says, "Unless you will reveal your identities, we can't do anything about it." And they go, "Ah, we can't afford to reveal our identities," and so there's nothing they can do and they just get exploited it's terrible well the funny thing is like we saw uh tuxedo mask and mercury and mars on the sailor v movie poster that's right that's right <laughs> and, and my theory then was that people you know they see the sailor scouts but since sailor moon and sailor v are virtually interchangeable <laughs> Like they look exactly alike, except that one of them has uh, the, the pigtails. They just assume and the mask. these are yeah, but nobody looks, nobody ever looks at Usagi's face because if they did, they would know who she was immediately. <laughs> Actually, I've never really thought about that. Where like she, she actually does not wear a mask. Not they don't even go for the conceit of the mask. Yeah, like I. I talked about She's just uh, the same person. a couple yes. weeks ago, Naru sees Sailor Moon without her tiara on and doesn't make the connection, uh, which is the tiara is the only thing obscuring even part of her face. And <laughs> then it is just her forehead. <laughs> the idea that a, a tiara could possibly make you unrecognizable already it's is the ridiculous. only thing on her head. <laughs> Like, no, I was it's willing magic. to give them that. It's, I was willing to give them it's that. magic. It's magic. It, they have a magical do not recognize field around them. That Well, and I'm like, <laughs> I always want to take things too far where I'm like, maybe it's symbolic of how we like, we categorize people and like put them into boxes and then we're unwilling to see them, you know, in other contexts where, you know, maybe she does have Usagi categorized. as. Except as, that we always see Sailor Mars uh, angrily yelling at this blonde girl and the blonde girl crying. <laughs> Well, and this this comes up, I, I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, it doesn't matter, it's like a million episodes where, you know, Tuxedo Mask has some dream about some princess, and her, she has, like, the same incredibly unusual hairstyle that Usagi has, and never makes the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, I mean, and, is this a Lex he, Luthor Superman thing, where he goes, Superman would never deign to be non-super, so he couldn't be Clark Kent? That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, except that they know, like, they know that Sailor Moon has a secret identity, <laughs> right, like yeah, the bad guys true. do, at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, uh, talked about this in the uh, Princess D episode where uh, Usagi's dad sees Usagi in. Oh, yeah. And she's not even transform- transformed. She's just in a dress. Uh, we talked about how if Usagi says, make me look like a princess, Usagi is a princess. So it should just make her look like herself. And Usagi's dad, who has seen her every day of her life, is the only one who goes, oh, that girl looks like Usagi. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't go any further than that. So anyway, back right, to this so, show. So the Crane Game, we, we actually joked at one point about there being a Crane great Game episode, and now we actually are in the Crane Game episode, except it's not oh. an energy plot. The other thing that I wanted to say, uh, you know who's really good at Crane Games? Who? Uh, Danny Trejo. Oh, in real life? Okay. In real life, uh, Danny Trejo is apparently super good at Crane Games. Does he have uh, minor telekinesis? Maybe. <laughs> uh, would you doubt it? No. Uh, but what he does is he, uh, like, a little interesting non-Sailor Moon, fact about Danny Trejo. Uh, he does a lot of work with like women's shelters and children's shelters and uh, he goes to crane games and just basically clears them out with a roll of quarters and keeps them in his car so that when he goes to uh, women's shelters and children's shelters like he has things to give to the kids. That's amazing. That is that is a thing that Danny Trejo does. Well, Aww. he is from everything I've ever heard a super super nice guy. 
Wow. So, uh, well, anyway, back no, to the show. No, well, hold on, hold on. Before we get back to the show, and this is connected to the show, so this is about the show. That is a good place for me to say, you mentioned about what a terrible person troll Joe is. Uh, this is another one of those things. In the dub, they've taken out all the idea of him not being super nice. All the places where he's a, a dickhead in the Japanese version, in the original American dub, he's... He's very pleasant. Uh, and one of those things is they talk specifically about he takes all these things and he donates them to, to like orphanages. Oh, yeah. I, well, again, because they make him nice in, in the Japanese version. He's not nice at all. And presumably just takes them home and goes, ha 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 ha. I own them all. So uh, he uh, clears out the crane game and uh, Makoto is uh, love struck instantly because he reminds her of the which is a recurring theme with Makoto that I really love. Yes. Well, and I love too, where it's like, yeah, and, and who can't relate to this? Um, where, you know, Usagi's like, oh man, he's like so unfriendly. Like he's not very nice. And Makoto's like, that's what I like about him. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Um, but yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she's about it. So uh, she, I, I love her. I love her look too, yeah. because the same look that they give to people who have like a cold. <laughs> Like, just that, like, heavy-lidded kind of look. And I love that they do the cartoon thing of, like, she's completely oblivious. Uh, Usagi, like, waving in her face and she doesn't react at all. It's so adorable. So, uh, Joe leaves and is immediately set upon by Zoocyte, uh, who uses the crystal... And by the way, he is wearing the highest waisted jeans in the history of the world. Yeah. Joe. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. These jeans, the the crotch of these jeans is so big. <laughs> it is just a vast expanse of denim. I recently saw a movie called uh, Lionheart by uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it's very similar. They, everybody has the highest waist I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. So this is actually apparently a big thing in the 90s that I've willingly forgotten that people actually dressed this way. Yeah. Like super, <laughs> super high-waisted jeans. Uh, so Zoocyte shows up and uh, zaps him and is going to turn him into a monster because he apparently has a rainbow crystal inside him. Mm -hmm. And Makoto shows up and maybe this is why their relationship doesn't get off to a good start because she says, hey, it's not nice to bully the weak. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's just being honest. Don't like, worry. it's relative, Don't right? Worry, you re weak, frail, tiny boy. I'll protect you. But she's, she's, like, way bigger than him and, like, is also a superhero. This she's a superhero. She's a superhero even before she becomes a Sailor Scout. Well, yeah, because this is I think crazy. it's worth saying. This, is, this scene is mental and awesome because this is, as far as I can remember, the first time we've seen, like, a regular person be like, I'm going to fight magic. There is a person floating over there using a crystal to pull another crystal out of another person's chest i'm gonna start punching some people yeah i'm gonna fuck him up <laughs> that's crazy i mean if usagi had seen that she would have run she practically would do that now even though she's sailor moon but before she, she was sailor moon at least she transformed she would have at least transformed uh well, i'm saying before no she time. was sailor moon she would have seen that and gone i'm out of here this is none of my business makoto also uses like very recognizable kung fu in this like she uses tiger style on on Zoe well, Slate, which is awesome yeah which totally remind me of like that kill bill thing when uh when, when the bride goes and does her like 
her like cloth thing uh, with Pai Mei with the cloth yeah, thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's the it's, it's the same move. It's awesome. She's like clawing at her face or his face. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of trouble with Zillicite. She takes off her earring and throws it like a shuriken. Yeah, which that is was the crazy. Baddest shit in the world. Well, okay, is it? I mean, it, it's a fun looking thing, but it's just a tiny little rose earring. Like what? <laughs> What's it gonna do? If well, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna make Zoocyte dodge but, right what? into getting a back slab. Why did Zoocyte even dodge? Is what I mean. Like it just would have gone pink. Oh yeah, you threw an earring at me. Nice. <laughs> because Zoocyte's showing off. Okay. He's like, oh yeah, you can't even hit me. You're pretty good, but you can't hit me. I'm just gonna dodge this, dodge this, dodges the earring, walks right into the back slab. <laughs> Bad, and again, bad. like we talked about this in, uh, I guess it was last week, right? The, the, cause it's where Nephrite fights the bad guys is last week's episode. Yeah. Him being real badass. Yeah. Yeah. It's very rare that we see like actual physical violence, like actual punches or kicks or hits. Uh, Makoto shows up, fights two grown ass men and then goes and backhands the shit out of a negaverse general. Uh, Makoto rules. <laughs> Makoto's great. She's I love great. her so much. Uh, so she successfully, uh, kicks Zoisite's asked so that Zoisite has to leave. Zoisite goes like, you've scarred my face. I was, that's a bit excessive. But you've scarred my face. You'll regret this. <laughs> and leaves. And they, uh, they're they left there to to, to pick Joe uh, up off the street. And, and again, in the Japanese version, total douchebag. He's like, okay, okay, thanks. Get off me, like jerks. And leaves. Uh, I just put a... <laughs> I just put a shot of uh, uh, Makoto uh, hitting Zoosite on the uh, uh, on Twitter, and someone responded with "Ome wa mu shinderu," which is what they say in Fist of the North Star, which is "You are already dead," <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is pretty pretty great pretty funny so then we get this really weird is it flirty or is it not scene where yeah joe is walking off clutching his heart being like oh, i'm dying but like still trying to be proud and be a jerk and be like i don't need anybody's help and Makoto i don't need anybody's help i'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough guy where's my bag full of stuffed animals <laughs> right and then makoto is following him and he's like oh why are you following me and she's like i'm gonna protect you remember when that person tried to kill you and you I'm seem to be you also it's like you seem to be seriously injured. <laughs> yes. I'm a, but then like he, he he totally blows her off and then goes in the cafe to just like have like a quiet heart attack over a cup of coffee <laughs> all on his own. And no one in the cafe thinks anything about this. Nope, they don't care at all. And, and so and Yusagi shows up and they just sit outside the, the coffee shop staring at him through the window until finally he goes, okay, come in, come in. And then even when he comes in, when she comes in, he goes, he's like such a douche. He just goes, yeah, I don't want to spend time with you. I just was like, if you're going to sit there staring at me you might as well come in he's just such a casual douche i don't understand why uh, well also uh so much great stuff with makoto here because she is immediately like oh yeah somebody's trying to kill you don't worry i'll, I'll be your bodyguard yeah which is yeah, such yeah. a super heroic thing to do it's like yeah of course i'm like i'm super strong of course i'm gonna protect you i'm five uh, foot six enormous i'm enough. massive <laughs> i can almost reach the top shelf everybody <laughs> oh that's uh, and he goes like and he's like what are you talking about as though someone literally was not just trying to kill him 
Uh, and Makoto goes, oh, you won too much at the crane game, so the game center hired a hitman. Right, right. That's right. I forgot she suggested that idea. That seems that seems slightly illogical. I mean, she's joking, right? That was a cute joke, right? Nope. Sure. I guess it, like she's smiling and winking when she says it, but I kind of feel like she thinks that is a legitimate possibility. <laughs> I don't know. Because she is 14. All right. That's true. Uh, but yeah, like I do like the idea that uh, Makoto, if she does think there are actual professional hitmen, is like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll beat him up. Uh, Makoto's so great. I would love to see just like a prequel about her life before she met Usagi, where she just walked around beating people up at her old school. Yeah, before she got kicked I, out. I, yeah. Well, right. It would be the story leading up to her getting kicked out. Yeah. I think that that could be a compelling story. And you get to see um, the guy who breaks her heart. You get to see, yeah, you get to meet the guy who breaks her heart and see what, what he's, he's got to be an amalgam of like. every guy. <laughs> well, right. He's got like the glasses of this guy and like Motoki's hair. And it's like, it's she's just a Mr. Potato Head of like every guy we've seen her freak out over. And, and yeah, like maybe she like does have like run-ins with the Yakuza and like beats them up. Like, and we get to see how she became the superhero that is Makoto before she becomes the superhero that is Sailor Jupiter. It's my pitch. I like it. If anyone wants me to write that for no reason. So Yusagi, for her part, uh, does show up to help uh, because Luna tells her that, like, Luna's like, I sense an evil presence from that person she was fighting. You know, the person who was teleporting and using magic and floating. <laughs> and wears a costume very similar to Jedi's and Nephites. <laughs> Where's a Dark Kingdom uniform? And the one who I was there when Netflix died? Do we not? Was that? Did we not see that? I don't remember. Uh, Zoosite wasn't there. It she was left? just those three monsters. Yeah. She left before Sailor Moon showed up. All right. He yeah. left. I'm sorry. Ah, the dub screwing me up again. Uh, so, uh, like, Yusagi encourages Makoto to go in and actually have a like sit down and and have a date with Joe, the crane game troll, and his backwards baseball cap and his hoodie. And oh his, man, he is he is Japanese Rob Liefeld for real. Like he's got those. <laughs> The high-waisted jeans, the backwards cap. Uh, they button fly? Oh, gosh. And he thinks he's, like, he thinks he's, like, so bad, where he, like, eventually invites her in to, like, sit with him. And he's, like, don't even think that this is a thing. It was just more annoying to, like, watch you outside. Yeah. And, like, he's totally negging her, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 also a pickup artist. <laughs> um, and so he's, like, so he's, like, oh, yeah, check this shit out. And he makes an ashtray levitate, which, to be fair, if I saw that, that would be incredibly impressive. Uh, that is not so impressive when in five minutes we are going to watch her shoot lightning out of her head. Oh, but don't forget her immediate reaction. He goes, I'm going to show you how I did it. I can make things levitate. And he, she goes, her first reaction is not, oh, my God, that's amazing. Her first reaction is, so you cheat. <laughs> So you cheated. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. But like, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it's not cheating. It's winning. <laughs> so uh, Zoocyte just shows up in the restaurant, which is pretty great, and goes, hey, what's up? And, and, <laughs> we'll and, kill you now. And we get that weird moment. Is, that, is, this, is this a moment of uh, Jupiter accidentally revealing that she likes to eat food and then going, oh no, I, I, I shouldn't do that because I'm on a date? Is that what happens there? Like, because Zoysite comes over and pretends to be a, a waiter and she's like, and, and Jupiter's like, yeah, I'll, I'll have this, this, this. Oh wait, uh, I mean, just a coffee. <laughs> does she do that? Yeah. I missed that. She does do that. She, does, she I think initially she's like, she wants like curry or something like that. And then she's like, no, milk tea. Right, right. That's what it was. Um, yep. Don't, don't, don't hide your light under a bushel, Makoto. Yeah. Like, man, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but, look, you you just you just did Muay Thai at a at a monster, you know. Own you it. Get, a curry. Some, get some calories back. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so then they start fighting again. Well, also, well, first of all, like, Usagi is like, like, what are you doing? Because Joe tries to get away in his fucking oh, uh, right. Reebok pumps. The more we see of Joe's outfit, the more hilariously 90s it is. Because he's literally wearing Reebok pumps. Is he? He is. Wow. <laughs> he's going to pump it up. He's so, he's so Marty McFly. Yeah. He, uh, he literally is like, there, oh, something's attacking me, atta- trying to kill me in there. I'm leaving this girl to whatever happens to her happens. And Sailor Moon's like, what? You have to help her. And he's like, no, I don't. Yeah. And he's like, he's like hey, she came in here on her own. And, and by the way, giant girls like that aren't my type. Yes. That's right. He has to you throw know, that in Girls there. who are five foot six. <laughs> and, and she hears that. Uh, <laughs> like, why would he say that? Oh, well, my God. I, I know what. I can tell you exactly why he said it. I mean, like this dude is just like the quintessential version of like the insecure, the insecure dude who like, like can't even handle like an awesome, powerful woman. And then, so he's like, I, sh- I didn't even like her anyway. I didn't even like her anyway. She's just whatever, whatever man. Um, like he's definitely threatened. Sure. He's like, he's very threatened by how strong she is, by how awesome she is. And so he has to like totally neg her to like feel okay as a man. Cause he's a sad human being. Because he is, she's literally saving away. his life right now yeah exactly yes. she's literally saving his yes. life and he has to be like but that's fine because she sucks and, and i don't care yeah like it, it still seems like an inopportune time to mention it <laughs> like maybe just go well she's not you know maybe when you say he's like hey you can't just leave a girl behind like that or just go well she's not my girlfriend i literally just met her not uh she's ugly and i hate her <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Zoocyte shows up, uh, we get a, a reprise of the same shot of him being, uh, uh, dark crystalled up. The rainbow crystal pops out of his chest and, uh, Zoocyte transforms him into a monster named Gamesen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which is, I believe the Japanese word for arcade, which is, uh, it's the shortened version of Game Center. I've been watching a lot of Game Center CX lately. So Yeah. And he makes a kind of awesome retro video game sounds as he does stuff. It's pretty great. It's pretty, pretty great. Uh, what do you guys think of the design on the monster? It's been a while since we've talked about the design. I I feel like he could have been way more video gamed up a little bit. Well, um, is there like a pokeball on his thigh? Like it's a what? Joystick. It's a oh, joystick. Is that what that is? Out of thigh. I kind of wish he used. They used it more. Like I, it's like, oh, that's a really neat idea for a design. And then all that really happens is his hand changes into different. Well, yeah, stuff. he he uses a uh, he uses. A a whack-a-mole mallet which i actually think is hilarious yeah and then he uses a crane game grabber yeah i, I but they could have gone a lot further with it i feel like they i feel like they did not like it was it was like maybe 4 30 in the afternoon on a friday when they were designing this monster <laughs> well he looks like a dude who's in kind of like a burgundy you know like cat suit or whatever and then they just threw a joystick on his leg and like some shoulder pads and then like kind of brushed their hands together and like called it a day but it's like like it's a video game monster yeah you know sure. what i mean like i am not a character designer and i feel like i come up with like five better ideas just off the top of my head i mean there's so many possibilities you could use analogs to like any video game character any video game character or they could have That's made right. him look more like an arcade cabinet like sure they sure. could have had the buttons feel- where are the buttons yeah there's there's like give him you know make him look like arnim zola give him a screen for a body and some joystick hands 
There you go. So he, Done. yeah, he he makes the whack-a-mole thing. He starts whack-a-moling at. Also, also, moon. also, he we we've just established. Why do we even do this? Because this is what I thought to begin with. Is that like he's an expert at the crane game? So why is a crane not an element of his attacks? Well, no, it is. It is. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. He uses oh, the grabber because okay. at I'll first he's got the whack-a-mole. I guess that's true. And then he he does become the crane gra- game grabbing in a moment. But first, again, first he's he's gonna get fucking press slammed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- he's turned into a crazy, super powerful, I mean, super powerful, whatever, monster. And again, Makoto is just like, I'm a normal person, but I'm stepping in. I have to fight this crazy monster who has abilities beyond those of mortal men. And she picks him up and slams him into the ground. And she, it is she <laughs> picks him up like Andre the Giant, yeah. brother, in, in WrestleMania 3 in the Pontiac Silverdome. Two hands, one hand on his butt, one on his upper back, up over her head. And that's when uh, the Jupiter symbol flashes on her head. Uh, and Luna goes, oh, hang on. Uh, that's a Sailor Scout there. She, she also throws him across <laughs> this path. They're in the park. They're in, you know. yeah. It's so weird that Sailor Moon has a limited number of sets since it's a cartoon. But this is the same park uh, that we had two episodes ago where they fought uh, Nephrite uh, for the, yeah, the last sure. time. Like It's the same set, which is weird. But she throws him across the path. Like She throws him a good 10 or 20 feet uh, before transforming. So again, so Luna does her little uh, Luna thing where she shows up with a pen and says, say it, hey, say this word. And she goes, what? hey, this how came did- from my butt. <laughs> this came out of my butt. Hold it over your head. Say this stuff. And she goes, wow, you learned how to talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quick, let's get on with it. Um, she does that, tra- transforms into Sailor Jupiter. Okay, uh, let me just also mention Sailor Jupiter. And I, I don't know if it's because she's five foot six. Her skirt is too short. <laughs> and at the end of her transformation, you can see her butt under her thing, under her skirt. They erase it in the American version. Probably for the best. <laughs> so she just has no butt? Or? Yeah, it's like if you watch Yeah, if you watch the regular version, you could see the, uh, the bottom of her butt cheeks. And in the American one, they've just erased the bottom of her butt cheeks completely. And it's just skin color. And so you don't, I guess you just don't realize that there should be a butt there. <laughs> it's very, well, you weird. really can. You really can. You, no, you really can. It's definitely super obvious that you see the bottom of her butt. Her skirt is too short. That is true. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's because it's a uniform length of skirt and she's taller than the rest. Well, she does mention in the, uh, they, they, there is a scene in the manga where a teacher asks her why she's not wearing the Jubon middle school uniform. And she goes, oh, it doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in. Well, and that comes up in this episode too, where like, actually I think it's, I don't remember if it's Usagi or Umino or who it is, but they're like, oh, how come you aren't wearing the regular uniform? And she's just like, she doesn't even give a re- good reason. She's like, I just didn't, or I don't. And I'm like, can you just decide that? Can you just decide you're going to wear a different <laughs> uniform to like a totally different school? She just, again, but, I think she's just hiding it. She doesn't want to say. I'm too big because she's already embarrassed enough. That also happens in Kamen Rider Forza as well, where the main character is a transfer student and he wears his old school's uniform because he said he is a, you know, a teenager who's like, it is more representative of the, of my happy youth. Uh, And then it turns out that there is not an, like the school rule only specifies that you need to wear a uniform, not what uniform it is. So I don't know if Juban middle has the same kind of thing. Now in, there's a lot I want to talk about with Jupiter's transformation. Please. Uh, First of all, lover boots. 
Oh her, yeah, they're fun. Her, her lace-up wrestling boots. Love them. In the manga, the uh, uniforms are all a little more distinct. So in the manga, she actually gets a belt that has the big, uh, the pink flower as kind of the buckle. Huh. She also gets two attacks in her debut in the manga. She does an attack called Flower Hurricane before she does uh, Supreme Thunder, which is pretty cool. The other thing is that the story in the manga is completely different. Uh, there's no Game Center guy. It is a, a wedding monster because of... Uh, uh, Naru's cousin is getting married and obviously you know the Nephrite Maxfield Stanton Masato Senju and stuff did not happen so Nephrite is behind this plot and uh, when Jupiter does Supreme Thunder it fucking kills Nephrite <laughs> It is as though he is an actual person who got struck by actual lightning. He is like burned to death immediately. Uh, so in case you were wondering if uh, Sailor Jupiter was here to fuck around, no, she's not. She is not here to fuck around. Um, in the uh, in this version, she does Supreme Thunder or something like that. Was that, is that what it's called the first time? Yes, yeah, Supreme Thunder, yeah. And uh, he thinks she says Cream Puff Center. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's talking. Because she says it in English. She says, you know, Supreme Thunder, uh, which is a little closer than that time that Usagi thought they said moon pudding. Oh, yes. That, yeah, that didn't make any sense. Uh, let's see. What happens then? Well, oh, what happens so then is uh, they go to kill Gameson and Luna's like, uh, hey, that's a person. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> do not murder them with lightning. Don't do that. Well, and I, I like that. We're like, well, God, what does she say? Where, oh, it's um, the monster still possesses a human heart, which, you know, goes back to my Gamergate analogy where it's like. You know, you want to believe in the end that they're like people and that there could be a, a moon healing escalation that would like turn them back into like basically human beings. Um, it's empathy. Like, and that's the thing is she conquers the monster through like, you know, engaging, you know, firstly kicking his ass, but then then engaging, you know, with empathy in a certain way. And oh, there was one more thing I wanted to say about the transformation sequence in Crystal, mm -hmm. um, which I, I think if, if you haven't seen this, you'll, you'll probably think it's awesome. In Crystal, the, her transformation sequence she does you know the the pose that she does which i uh, I, I really think is cool where she's doing kind of the kung fu tiger yeah. style hands uh but then in crystal she does a rosie the riveter pose and says i'll make you feel so much regret it'll leave you so much regret it'll leave you numb nice. doing the doing the you know we can we can fix it uh pose which is fucking awesome but crystal has a lot of flaws the transformation sequences in crystal are the shit for I, real i just posted uh jupiter's deke transformation on twitter if you want to see how they they modified it. It's weird. It does look weird because if you actually are paused on the part where they've erased her butt, yeah, it's just like there's a solid flesh-colored body with no so you, butt. So, Jordan, you're telling everybody that they need to frame by frame this transformation sequence so they can see Jupiter's butt, right? You're telling no, you literally you need to go and do you, that. You're seeing the absence of her butt. She has nothing there. You know, Jordan, when you stare into the butt... <laughs> The butt stares back. I believe that. I do. Believe Laura, that. I'm sorry we detracted from your point about empathy for other human beings. That's okay. We got to focus on the important things. <laughs> the important things about butts. So, no. Okay. I mean... Go ahead. No, I mean, that's it. It's well, so, and Sailor Moon can contain multitudes, right? Like, you know, I, I, I think they're, I don't know. I was thinking about this too earlier where, you know, it's like her, her skirt's too short or whatever. But I was also thinking about the fact that, in you know, in a certain, I mean, they have, I guess, where do their uniforms come from? Because I've always sort of thought about it as their their personas as as the sailors are sort of their, their fantasy versions of themselves. Interesting. You know, like. Obviously, it's a little more complicated because, like, I'm, you know, you know, I don't know who did the actual character designs here, and if you know, 
how similar or they are in terms of the skirt length to Naoko Takuchi's original designs. But, you know, like, I, I kind of like the idea that maybe these are the way these teenage girls would like to see themselves, um, as opposed to the idea of, of sexualizing them in ways that, that men would like to see them. Because when you're a young girl, you want to be, like, cute and glamorous and sexy. Um, so, I don't know. Just something I was thinking about. That's interesting. Just a thought. So, do you think that, regarding the idea of this being, I, I mean, again, obviously, Gamergate a million years after uh, the show. But, like, do you think, like, like they were trying to comment on that same situation, just how it's been going on for a very long time. Or do you think I mean, it's, it's commenting a- on like, I mean, even before Gamergate happened, I mean, there's, you know, always been sort of this culture of, you know, fake geek girling, you know, women who are interested in like comics and video games and, mm-hmm. and being dismissive of and threatened by women who are good at things that are considered traditionally male. And I think that that comes through really strongly where we see, you know, we're like these ideas of like, these things are for men. And if women are good at them, then we're super threatened and have to kind of tear them down. You know, I, I, I think that that notion is is very real, has been with us for like ever and is still with us. And, you know, I, I think, you know, points out a real problem with, with thinking about things in those ways because it makes men brittle and defensive and have to like tear down women to feel okay about themselves and gatekeep women so that women don't get to do cool stuff because that might threaten them. So don't be like Joe, the video game crane troll. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, he's obviously, when we look at him, he's obviously like this weak character, you know, even though he has this like, I guess cool telekinesis power like he sucks yeah like he does <laughs> shitty stuff with it he's and terrible. then he's a terrible person well, and he's so like he's so insecure and and mean and and awful to people you know where we look at him immediately and we're like you're you're kind of the worst <laughs> yeah, and he is, he is a dude who is less worried about being actually murdered by zoocyte than than uh, makoto showing up and, and protecting him and insinuating slash bluntly stating that he is weak yeah well, but she doesn't do that to like tear him down or whatever. No. She's just doing that because she's confident. And like we definitely see various scouts like deal with issues of insecurity at, at, at various points. But you know, I, I I think it's it's very different for them to express that in the way that they do and to see him come in and be like, Well, like I have to tear this girl down and make her feel like bad and unattractive and not capable, even though like she's obviously like the most capable person on this show. Um and it's also so I think it captures Quite something far. there. And it's doubly yeah. sad because she gives him the benefit of the doubt so much like she is very nice to him and she's just as impressed by his you know ridiculous crane skills as everybody else and wants to like be nice and you know be friends or even possibly date him and he's just like no i'm a dickhead all the time like i don't know it's doubly shitty because yeah people are trying to be nice to him and like him and he's like no i'm gonna be an asshole to you aggressively all the time the patriarchy destroys everyone you guys true it is is, that is very true tears us all apart well and like yeah and that's the thing is like he he misses out on this really cool girl too like not that i care the most about that but from that perspective like like he missed out on like this awesome girl that he could have like well like at the very least like played video games with and hung out with and like maybe dated but instead he had to be a dick so i mean do we what do we see what happens after he gets transformed back to a human does he just like crawl away like is that is there any follow-up on that I don't remember. Well, I, there's he never shows up again. Yeah, uh, because no, you know, no, 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 that's not true. Does he not? Don't they? All the people with crystals show up again one more time, don't they? Do they? I'm pretty sure they do. Am I for, am I forgetting a major episode? Yeah, I believe you are. Okay, well, oops. 
<laughs> like it's been a while. I mean, if he does, it's a minor thing. And I mean, it's possible he doesn't, and it's just like most of the other ones. But I'm pretty sure all of the people with crystals show up one more time uh, quickly. Well, he is garbage. He is a garbage man. What's funny about that is <laughs> much like every other man in this show, except Motoki. No, he is a trash pile. You're forgetting about Greg. I mean, and well, I mean, I don't think Tuxedo Mask is a trash pile. No, he's not. I think that well, he's you're... not perfect, but I don't think he's a trash pile. I mean, I have. I mean, I certainly maybe have my own issues with, you know, <laughs> dating guys who are jerks, but I don't know. I think he's not that bad. That's weird, because you know who calls Tuxedo Mask a trash pile? Tuxedo Mask. Okay. No, he calls himself does he garbage. Really? He does not. Remember who said, does he really call himself a garbage he's, man? No. He says to Usagi, I guess every piece of trash finds its trash pile. There's garbage Wait, for every trash pile. Do you, have, do you have a screenshot of this? Because yes, that's amazing. He says there's garbage for every trash pile. So he's the garbage and she's the trash pile. Come on. <laughs> Wow, so he's 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 insulting her at the same time as he's insulting himself. He's not trying to insult himself. He's actually insulting Motoki at the time because she has a crush on Motoki. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. But he doesn't know he's talking about Motoki, who is he his doesn't best know that friend. He, oh, yeah. All he knows is she has a crush on someone and he goes, oh, you have a crush on someone? Well, I suppose there's garbage for every trash pile. Not realizing that wow. he's the final garbage that will rest upon that trash pile. <laughs> That, that is why we refer to our fans on this show as trash piles. It's very affectionate. <laughs> so, and, plus there's other good the- guys in this show. Uh, I mean, Chad's not so bad when we get to him, whatever his Japanese name is. And, uh, you know, the boy who's about to have a crush on Amy, even though you don't believe she likes boys. And there's a bunch of them. Uh, all right. If you say so. Uh, we'll get there. It's just Motoki. <laughs> Motoki is the only decent guy on this entire show. So, okay. The point is, Luna's like, you can't kill, you can't kill this guy, even though he's an asshole. <laughs> don't murder him. Even though you'd like to, uh, so she, she gives uh, she gives Sailor Moon. She poops out uh, what she calls the wonderfully named Moon Stick. Bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna. Isn't it in in the dub? Isn't it the? Isn't this the scepter or is yes. the later one the scepter? I'm pretty sure this is the Moon Scepter. And if it's not, then it's. Oh. I don't remember what I, I watched it. Just watched it. I don't remember what they said. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the scepter. But yes. Because yeah, because the name of it is Moonstick. Moon and that is in English. So they're terrible. just saying, yeah, Moonstick. Moonstick. Uh, the point is, I didn't realize, I didn't remember that this is how soon she gets the ability to heal people. Poor Nephlet. <laughs> poor, poor I Nephlet. know, right? One Too episode late for him. ago, he dies. And now she gets healing. Uh, no wonder Molly gets that so freaked that's, out. That's, I do think that's kind of great, though. Like, there's, like, this redemptive quality to it. And I think that that's almost kind of important that, that Luna's like, no, like, this is this is a person. And instead of destroying them, we're going to try to we're going to try to heal them because, of course, Sailor Moon is, like, better than other people. <laughs> you know, like, of, of course, she's going to she's going to try to, like, you know, bring them back into the fold of, like, being a basically decent human as uh, opposed to just writing them off and destroying them. Absolutely. I think is great. Absolutely. And I, just, I again, I just it's, it's really sad that she didn't get I mean, no one could blame her. Like, I think that it's it's at that point where it's like, no one could blame any of them for wanting to, like, destroy this person. But in the same way that even before Makoto is Sailor Jupiter, she's still a hero. Before this guy becomes a monster, he's still kind of a monster. Um... But and so no one could really blame them for wanting to destroy this guy, but they're still like, no, we're going to be better than that. Well, the person the person I think you can blame is Luna, because you could say, (laughs) why didn't you give us this anytime earlier? You were just holding back this moonstick until you felt like it. So Luna actually murdered (laughs) Nefrit, basically. (laughs) Luna cast her judgment upon him and said he would pay. 
uh on the one hand uh, i really you know i really love the heroism of sailor moon uh you know healing and, and kind of redeeming the monsters in this section of the show like if anybody is is familiar with things i've written then that comes as no surprise i'm sure like i am super into the idea of uh redemption stories and and the heroism of of being the person who puts the hand out you know the the the, the person who forgives that's you know that's the real heroism in a lot of ways so yeah on the one hand i like that on the other hand yeah like we got that great piece of fan art uh of the the thing i suggested that's just you know isagi on day one shaking luna to find out what falls out of her butt <laughs> yes it's like yeah just like give look, it all put it all on the table on day one like i know you got a i know you got a scepter in there another scepter in there and, and a bunch four of pens. more pens <laughs> at least uh um that's great well what there's there's the whole like i mean i i think ostensibly there's this the whole like She's trying to give give her what she's ready for. Like, not until you can like snatch the pebble from my hand can you, you know, get the moons snatch snatch the scepter from my butt. That's when uh, that's when we'll know that you're ready to leave the Shaolin Temple. But that's and, and the thing is, Luna also goes, "Oh, hey, uh, by the way, you're the leader because you're the one using the moonstick." And it's like, well, couldn't you have determined that earlier? Well, like, and it also goes with that whole dumb thing of. <laughs> The, the the whole playing dumb they're doing about everything. Uh, who's which? Who's the who's the who's the leader of the Sailor Scouts? Well, it's the the Moon Princess. Well, it could be any one of them. It could be Jupiter. Is the moon really? It could be Jupiter is the Moon Princess. The, the, she no. could have chosen to give the Moon Stick to Mars. It's the Moon Stick. You give it to Sailor Moon. Would it have come out as a Mars Stick if she had given it to Mars? Have a big round only, red part. The only the, the way to fix this. Uh, and I you know I hate to armchair quarterback Sailor Moon because I do love it. I, I do love it, and I you know we're obviously big fans of <laughs> Aren't it. We? Oh, yeah. and we're obviously fans of you know even the you know, i've said that the manga is kind of my least favorite part of sailor moon but like i still like it a lot but like the way to solve this would be that they're looking for sailor v and they just can't find her because sailor v is the first sailor scout you know she she's operating before sailor moon it makes sense if they think that sailor v is the the princess just just they, but, but just just don't ever say moon princess yeah yeah just you know just say princess Sil- silver millennium princess sure. or whatever crystal tokyo <laughs> the legendary silver princess legendary silver princess like everybody going around going hey bunny moon uh aka sailor moon do you know who the moon princess is she looks just like you and, and they who could say use this moon stick they could even who go like think? hey you know we know the princess has long blonde hair oh like sailor v got it oh. but you know they don't do that they just say oh hey i guess you're the leader <sighs> this this, I think, is the episode where uh, everyone stops just assuming that Ray is the leader. Because I, like, I have said it before. If yeah. you asked, if you asked Amy who the leader of the Sailor Scouts was, she would tell you it was Ray. Probably. <laughs> if you asked Luna, she would tell you it was Ray. Luna might say it was herself. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Who's I'm field commander? Who's field leader? Um. So now it's interesting. So obviously, again, they heal Joe. They they move on to that. Uh. It's. Like I said, in the American version, they've cut out everything that's mean about Joe. Um, so it actually is doubly funny that she doesn't continue to pursue Joe because in the, in the Japanese version, it makes sense. He's just rejected her outright and broken her heart again. In the American version, he doesn't do any of that stuff, and yet we never see him again. And I never thought about the fact that, oh, yeah, that's weird. Well, I do I do like that aspect because, like, yeah, Jupiter's going to fall in love a million times. But, like, when a dude is shitty, she is done with that dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so speaking of her falling in love a million times, the button on the end of the episode, they return to the Crown uh, Game Center to play some more video games. She swears at the game some more and hits it some more. And then in comes our good friend Motoki, Chris's crush of all time. Best guy on the show. <laughs> 
he's doing this weird thing where he has his hands tucked into his apron. I don't. <laughs> yeah, where he's pretending to be a million year old man. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I don't know why he's doing that. It's weird. But of course, uh, upon seeing and hearing him, uh, Makoto is immediately in love with him as well because yeah, he because also he also reminds her of his of her uh, of her ex. Wah, 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 wah. And uh, obviously, we we have talked a lot about this episode. Uh, we've gone very long, but yeah, uh, I'm sure we learned a lot. We've we've talked about a lot of the things that we have learned. Jordan, yes, do you have the uh, original Sailor Moon says from the uh, the 1992 dub of this episode? Sure, let me grab it. My friend Lita sure likes to fight. I'm sure glad she's on our side. But there are other ways to resolve differences, like talking it out. Uh, well, maybe shouting it out. What's important is to listen and hear how the other person feels. You may find your differences aren't as bad as you think. Try listening first. That's what Sailor Moon says. Sailor Moon says? How about Sailor Moon does? <laughs> I love Luna always sneaking in there with the jabs at the end of this. Well, she's right. Most of the lessons are things Sailor Moon never would do in the show. Uh, that is, I, I guess that's a good lesson, except that everything in the show is solved by fighting at all times. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, my friend Lita sure likes to fight. Good. <laughs> good. It's awesome. <laughs> Did she, you see her backslab suicide? It was great. Yeah, should she have talked it out with the thugs at the beginning of the episode? Well, she does try. She does say, hey, you know, back off. That's true. Uh, so what did we learn? Laura, we'll start with you. What did you learn from this episode of Sailor Moon? It's not about ethics in video games. <laughs> I think I suspect not. you knew that before you watched this episode of Sailor Moon. Well, it's 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 a real. I mean, okay, like real talk though. Do we really like at at this point in our lives? When I assume we're all in our like thirties, do we really learn things from Sailor Moon at this point, or does it just reaffirm the things we already know? Uh, I am offended that you think you can't learn anything from Sailor Moon. <laughs> well, That's, I think is- it. it, it- Okay, and I think it, and I don't, I don't mean this as a pun, but I'm realizing it's going to be one when I say it. It, I feel like Sailor Moon crystallizes certain, I, I know, uh, (laughs) certain (laughs) concepts and certain lessons that you know, on some level, we understand, but need to hear reiterated. So yeah, I think that's 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 worth that's worth saying again. Also, like, don't be don't be Joe the the crane game troll. Yeah. Be cool. Don't be insecure and mean to girls. Uh, Jordan, what did you learn from this episode? I learned that you don't need superpowers to 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 go out and and kick ass. You just need a couple inches on people. <laughs> And and you need to know Kung Fu. Oh, sure. That would help. And be super into pro wrestling. Yep, that would do it. Uh, I learned that butt erasure is a, a crime that is a oh, that is a very serious issue in the in the Jordan D. White household. Just say no I'm to butt erasure. I'm just pointing out the differences between the shows. Also, butt erasure is the name of my band. <laughs> so you're erasure cover band? Yes. But I, I you don't want to know how I play it. Oh, God. Uh yeah, the uh, final thoughts on the episode. I I really enjoy this one. It's it's kind of goofy in a lot of places. The all the setup stuff for the Rainbow Crystal, I think is it's awkward in the way that most setup for weird driving plot points in Sailor Moon tends to be. But it's a great great character introduction. I I would say it is I don't really remember Minako's introduction, but I think uh Makoto's is easily the best character introduction we've gotten on the show. Um, better than the the computer ridiculous computer episode. I, I mean, I like that episode, but like Amy's not a super dynamic 
dynamic character yeah. in that one. That's true. And Amy is kind of by her nature a very passive character. You know, she's like, oh, you know, cram school. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Bye. Whereas Jupiter is, you know, from the first moment is dynamic and likable and, uh, you know, beautiful and strong and cool and friendly and just like everything that, you know, it, it doesn't feel forced. Like there's a lot of ways that like, hey, here's a new cool character can, can go wrong, but it really goes well in this. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, it's it's one of two examples of actual violence that we've had on the show so far. So you're just um, in, you just like her because she punches people. Well, yeah. <laughs> You know what comics I like. Uh, Laura, thoughts on the episode? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that Sailor Jupiter is a really important... Because, you know, theoretically, as you're watching the show as it goes along, maybe you don't know that there's going to be more than three characters. Like, maybe when you have Sailor Mercury, Sailor Mars, and Sailor Moon, you're like, oh, it's done. This is our team. And I really like Jupiter's addition to the team. And I, I like that we see in this episode sort of very specifically how much she adds to that dynamic uh, mm-hmm. and, and how important that is to the, you know, the experience of Sailor Moon moving forward and she's great and i like her earrings her earrings are great yeah uh yeah like we are you know 24 episodes is a real long time in tv i mean it's, you know mm-hmm. 24 weeks is a real long time to watch something uh well, that's, so 24 episodes is longer than most american seasons of television last yeah like e- even the longest seasons yeah uh so yeah i think you kind of get used to the dynamic of uh amy ray and usagi because they are a trio for so long uh, and then, you know, uh, Makoto doesn't change the dynamic too much. Like, Ray really changes the dynamic in a way that, that I like a lot, even though I have my difficulties with the character. Uh, Makoto doesn't change the dynamic, but she is, I think, a she shows up as a fully formed character and, and fits in really well. Uh, Jordan, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, this was a terrific episode. I... Uh you know, I, I know there's, it's almost impossible to watch the original American version, but I would say this is one where the Japanese version is so much better anyway, so don't bother. It's so much fun. And uh, you, you mentioned it not changing the dynamic that much. I, I mean, uh, for these two episodes that we're doing this week and next week, they actually really, I feel like they really do because they end up becoming uh, Usagi uh, and Makoto buddy episodes rather than the whole team. The team has like cameos, but they're the main focus of it. And they do, I think they do have a much different dynamic, as we discussed earlier, than she has with the other scouts so it is pretty neat i think that's true that's true her dynamic with yusagi is really different but i mean like what, what i mean is the the team dynamic as a whole sure. uh because we just don't see ray and amy that much in these episodes like poor amy uh she's gonna get a spotlight episode in a couple weeks which is is really good but like after that we we rarely get a really good amy episode uh we rarely get a really good amy appearance yeah you know all there is is you know she shows up once an episode to talk about how much she likes math which is very frustrating uh so but yeah, this so, one's, this is a good one. So when we do the Sailor Moon role playing game, you're going to play Amy to, to redeem her. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. that's right. We're, we're we're in talks, everybody. <laughs> we're in talks to uh to play the uh, Sailor Moon RPG on another podcast, which I'm very excited about the, the pen and paper role playing game. Yeah. Uh, we just need to work out a time. Uh, but yeah, uh, good episode. Highly recommended, I would say. Um, and, and we've gone super long, so we should just go ahead yeah. and wrap it up. Laura, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, I write uh, primarily at, at Wired uh, and Slate. And you can find me on Twitter at uh, Laura underscore Hudson, L-A-U-R-A underscore H-U-D-S-O-N. I am on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero instead of an O. And I am on Twitter at the ISB, T-H-E-I-S-B. 
Uh, if you enjoy this show, uh, Jordan and I both do other podcasts as well. You can check out uh, War Rocket Ajax at warrocketajax.com. And uh, Jordan? Yeah, my other podcast is called uh, Cast in Wax, and you can find it at castinwax.com or on iTunes. Uh, you can, of course, find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business. Uh, send us all your Sailor Moon oddities, all your fan art for things we talk about on the show. Anything a- a- anything you have that you want to talk about with us, uh, listener questions, can go to at Sailor Business as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Sailor.